What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I am your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside co-host Jack Manis and Andrew Schreffler. Welcome back, Hogline Nation. You're listening to the 157th episode of the podcast. We took a slight break, or a one-week break, I guess you could say, from our regular scheduled NFL weekly previews slash recaps to bring you um jeopardy last week but we are back um recapping week seven and looking forward to week eight and beyond how are you guys feeling tonight jack is not on the short-term ir with a, r- a rib injury but bruised ribs and he he's going to be uh inactive for this week's uh, games so why don't you tell the tell the fantasy managers that have you on their team what can they expect from you in the in the coming month or so? Uh, since I sustained my injury on Monday, I've progressed pretty well. Um, timeline to recovery is still unclear at this point. Um, yeah, just expect an update after after this week, but I'm I'm ruled out for Sunday. All right, you heard it straight from the horse's mouth. He is he's out for this Sunday's game. Um, so plan accordingly. Shref, do you have any injuries that uh, Hagelin Nation should know about? Yeah, I've been I've, I've been a bit under the weather the last few days. So so physically not in the best shape of my life, but mentally we're we're right here. We're you know we're always ready to roll. Shref is questionable with the illness, non-COVID illness. Not yeah, it's going to be a quick one. It was it was bad yesterday. It feels better today. So I'm hoping I'm hoping day three provides uh, full full health once again. We'll see though. So you mentioned you're 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 very good mentally, but how? Because the Eagles exist. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, we're going to get into that. Are, are we just starting that now? Is, is this how we're going to kick her off right away here? Yeah. I guess that's a natural transition. It is. But we're going to start off, as always, with the Eagles rant of the week. Yeah. And um, then we'll then we'll be giving – well, just go ahead. Let's, yeah. let's, let's Thank go right you. into it. Um, Eagles lose to Las Vegas. And I don't remember what the score was. They lost by 30, – 33-23 or something like that. I forget the exact score. It was bad. It wasn't good. Um, Go yeah, the, you know, this may come as a shock to some people, but my my rant of the week isn't going to be as a positive outlook as the last few have been. Um, this team is just it is just really bad. Uh, I, I have some notes typed up here, and it just says Eagles uh, colon really bad on it. So that's how we're going to lead this off. Um, 
just going through certain parts of the team, we'll start off with the head coach. Um, Nick Sirianni just looks lost a lot of the time. Um, he seems very like spearheaded in terms of like, he has his game plan and he's going to figure out a way to make it work. Like even if it kills him at this point, and that, that has become quite apparent these last couple of weeks, he doesn't show any, like any form of want or need to change it up when they're playing bad. And it's just, it, it really sucks to see from a fan's perspective. Jalen hurts has seemed to uh, get worse week in week out here. Um, as usual, I mean, I've said this the last couple of weeks, I'm not going to put all the blame on him. Obviously, he has to play better. But, I mean, it, the whole team is just set up for failure right now. Um, wide receiver, Smith has looked okay. But, I mean, like, Jalen Rager is just, like, non-existent in this offense. Um, Miles Sanders now hurt for a couple of weeks, even though he wasn't – he was only getting, like, four touches a game. That still hurts. Um, and then, j- just to make matters worse, he trade hurts to Arizona. He goes, he goes for his longest touchdown of his career in the first week he's there. Never ideal. Um, and then on defense, uh, Jonathan Gannon, just, just no, just no. I mean, the Eagles, like I, you guys can probably agree from watching them the last, like, especially these last few years, they've Eagles have always played a very aggressive style of defense where, yeah, they're probably going to get burned for some deep plays, but they're also going to create those like sacks, get behind the backfield, things like that. Now you watch, I mean, Derek Carr at one point, I forget the exact stat line, but there was a point where he was like 22 of 23 or something like that during the day. They like they're not getting burned for these big plays like they used to, which is great to see. But it seems like every single play, it's just like seven yards, eight yards, six yards. They just can't they can't get off the field and it makes it hard for the offense to get in, uh, you know, get in a groove. But all this is coming back to say that the main problem is no one that's on the field. It's the guy in the front office, Towie Roseman. And I think that's been something that has been said by Eagles fans everywhere for the last couple of years, pretty much ever since the Super Bowl run. And it just really sucks because you can tell that the owner with Lurie and Roseman have such a deep bond that I, I find it hard to imagine that Lurie's going to let him go so soon. I wish he would, but another report came out this week that Brandon Staley was going to interview for the Eagles job and ended up not even showing up for it because he apparently Roseman was a big factor in that there. The front office is just in, in absolute shambles right now. And I don't see any sign of that turning around until Howie Roseman's gone. So for now, I'm just going to say, screw you, Howie, screw you, Eagles. And yeah, that's all I got. I think that's a pretty good snapshot of where the Eagles fan base is at right now. I think you represent them quite well. Um, I do. Just by listening to Philadelphia Sports Radio, um, which I have access to and you guys, you guys don't, but I mean, a lot of them kind of, um, you know, kind of agree with the points you made there. One being, though, also with ownership, not just the front office and the general yeah. manager, but ownership. Kind of, Lori hiring a coach. He's too involved in the in the decision making process in terms of the team itself. Like it, it, it's very, it's very Jerry Jones esque. But Jones has obviously had success with it, while Lori has not, and he just he just keeps digging himself in a deeper hole. Right, but what I was trying to say is he he hires. Yes, man. Oh, yeah, 100%. He wanted a coach that he can kind of control, mm-hmm. not, not one that has their own agenda. Or Doug was not that guy. So I guess maybe with the Brandon Staley uh, example that you, that you mentioned, that maybe he thought that his, his input wouldn't have been as, um, as like heard. In the in the locker mm-hmm. room or within the franchise, if if he went there, so maybe that's why he 
declined to go further in the interview process. But I mean, going back to on the field, I mean, the Eagles, you would think we've said this, you know, week in and week out, but you think their identity should be running the ball effectively and stopping the run. And they don't do either. It's of neither. It's neither. I mean, the, the Raiders rushed for 119 yards against them last week. And you said Derek Carr. Derek Carr completed 91% yeah. of the passes, and he threw the ball 34 times. It's not like he threw the ball 19 yeah. times. I, I'd, have to, I'd have to find the tweet to find the exact stat, but it's something along the lines of an Eagles' first, like, 1,500 games as a franchise. They only allowed, I think, like, five quarterbacks to complete over 80% of their passes. And in the last five weeks, they've allowed that to happen four times. That is insane. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So the teams are just really just picking them apart. It's just, it's on it. And, and like I said, like they limit, like I remember like the Eagles of old were definitely letting up those big plays because their cornerbacks are always bad. And now they're not letting that happen, but it's just, it's every play. It's just five, six, seven yards, just all the way down the field. Right. I mean, the Eagles, like you said, I mean, over the past five, six years, pretty much for however long Fletcher Cox has been there, it's a team that you don't, you don't run the ball. You don't, you don't run the ball. It's tough to – it's usually a pretty formidable run defense and mm-hmm. it's kind of really gotten away from that. So, And, you know, the last thing I guess we'll say on this, and you said it there, just adding insult to injury, just seeing uh, Zach Ertz do well in his first game. As it, a it, was the, it was the longest touchdown of his career. <laughs> um, and then one last thing I want to touch on too is they have – there's a chance. They're definitely going to have two first-round draft picks, possibly three depending on Wentz. If Howie Roseman is there to make those draft picks, I'm going to be extremely upset. That's all I'm going to say. I was just going to ask you that. Like, do you think Roseman's even there after? I I hope not, because if if he is, I personally have no faith in them doing the right thing, um, like whatsoever. Um, He, they have a proven track record of being one of the worst drafting teams in the league. I mean, you 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 look at their roster right now. I'm not not going to go off the top of my head, but if I went through the roster, I'm I'm assuming that like a very, very small amount of their starters right now are their, are their own draft picks at this point. And even if they are their draft picks, it's not like they're like superstars at their position. They, they just, they stink at evaluating talent and it's absurd to watch. And it happens every single year. Yeah. I was just going to, I mean, when you search Howie Roseman on Google, which I just did first article comes up is NBC sports Eagles owner, Jeff Lurie can't trust Howie Roseman of the 2022 NFL draft. And I was just going to comment. I'm, I mean, he's been their GM since 2010 and yeah, there haven't been i can think of like when off the top tenure, of my head when the tenure started like fletcher cox jason kelsey Ertz. Um, Ertz was a good pick. Ertz and lane johnson were both 2013 i think so i feel like he Outside hit on a them. few he hit on i guess you can say he hit on wentz um for a little did bit he though? there in, in the grand scheme of things I mean, did he i mean i, I guess he got i don't know role, but, but then the definitely definitely as of late like yeah they've been really bad and obviously like the whole wide receiver situation the past couple of years just yeah I, I think he has to be gone because even you said they got potentially three first round picks but like how how much like does that even like excite you honestly if if howie roseman's there like if it, howie roseman's it, there it really shouldn't it gives, that much it, if 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 howie roseman's there it makes me more scared than it does excited which is which is such a sad reality to face I know, like yeah i mean any team that has three first round picks is going to be excited going into that draft and there's currently zero excitement from my end exactly i mean and two of them looking like pretty high picks with the dolphins oh, yeah. having a, a year that many didn't expect them to have and just failing to meet expectations thus far through seven weeks so 
Yeah, it, it looks like it, there's a very real possibility of having two top five picks, which is exciting and very scary at the same time right now. Right. That ever happened? I don't know. Probably. At oh, some yeah, point. The Browns did in 20... 20- Baker Mayfield and yeah. Denzel Ward. Baker, and Denzel okay. Ward, yeah, 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 in 2018. Okay. It happened yeah. three years ago. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, so that's enough of the Eagles. Yeah, that's enough of that. That's more than enough of that. I always, I always like every week how Shreff comes in with one adjective. He's like, yeah, bad. I try to summarize it at the beginning just to just, just to give you guys a good overview of where my of where my head's at. Right, exactly. So definitely come with an adjective every week. Yeah, I'll keep that in mind from now on. All right, our next segment on today's episode titled "Are They Alive?" Meaning, are their playoff chances alive? I've come up with five teams that I guess are kind of waning between sneaking into the playoffs at this point or kind of fading off into uh, looking for a higher draft pick in the 2022 draft. Um, first team we're going to go over quickly here is the New England Patriots. They currently sit at three and four. They defeated the, not just defeated, they absolutely manhandled the Jets last week. They put 52 points or something, 52 or four. I don't know. It was, it was over 50. I know that. What do you guys think? Are the Patriots playoff chances still alive? Yes or no? Um, I can kick it off. I'm going to say, as of now, I'm still going to say yes. And there's a couple of reasons. One, AFC has not been as good as it has been in previous years. There's a lot of top dogs that aren't what they used to be at the moment. Um, I mean, you, and then also, I mean, you, you look at the East, you got the Bills who are obviously a, a, a horse. They're, they're, they're going to be there. But the Jets and the Dolphins are two of the, two of the worst five teams in the league right now. So, I mean, you're, and the Patriots just proved that this past week. Um, I like Mac Jones a lot. I think there's a lot of arguments to be made that he's been the best rookie quarterback so far, which is funny to think about. Um, but I think overall, when you have Belichick as your head coach, you can't really count them out of a playoff spot yet. And especially the way that that division's shaking up and the way that that conference is shaking up, I would not be surprised at all if they snuck in with like a 500 record in the playoffs. Interesting. Yeah, I have a lot of the same points, but Jack, I want to hear your answer first. Um, I I agree. I think they're of the teams we're going to talk about. I think they're, um, I'd say got the bet one of the best shots to make the playoffs. Looking ahead at their schedule, um, they got this in recent weeks. Not re- in a couple weeks, they got the Falcons. They got the Panthers even sooner than that. They end the season with the Jags and Dolphins. Like that should be wins right there. Um. However, they do got the Chargers, the Browns, and Bills twice. So that makes it tough. Like they're gonna be right on the fringe of eight, nine, nine, eight, I think. Yeah, and that could be enough to get the seven seed. Um, certainly with an AFC team that there's I mean, the Bengals are leading the AFC right now. And I know they're having a good the good year and everything, but you know, they're the Bengals, and right now they're the top of the conference. So still definitely wide open. And a lot, a lot of uh, the wild card is certainly up for grabs. I also said yes, just to go three for three here. Mac Jones is playing really well. I, 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 I just realized this today uh, while I was kind of looking into everything. But you guys know that Mac Jones is on pace for 4,320 yards, which oh, wow. was third all time for a rookie in a single season. What about per game? like 254 or something like that because now we got to do records per game 
Yeah, that is true. But it's I mean, still, hey, nonetheless, that's still that's still a good good stat. Yeah, he's playing pretty well. He's for a rookie. Um, Damian Harris running the ball really well. Um, I wasn't super high on him going into the season, but he uh, is running pretty well now. And I uh, like Shreff said, Bill Belichick's or Cody are going to be in games and in the mix for contention. Next team we're going to talk about is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Shreff can go first once again. Are the Steelers alive? Ah. Uh. I'm oh, it, this one's tough because if, if you're looking if you're looking top to bottom roster like when fully healthy the Steelers are definitely up there in terms of just having an all around solid roster right now that that AFC North is just so confusing to me I mean the Bengals right now are looking like all of a sudden like a top team which is makes absolutely zero sense to me at the moment the Ravens have been up and down all year, but overall look like they're going to be there towards the end. And then the Browns are very banged up right now, but when healthy, I, I, I see them being a good team as well. I just don't know if there's a place for the Steelers in that division right now. And I think, I, I don't know if I've said it on here before, but I, I, I think right now with the way, with the way it stands with him currently, when you've been Roethlisberger man in the helm for them, I just don't know if he gives you enough at the moment to put them over the edge. So you're wrong with no. I'm going to go with no. I am. That's fair enough. I mean. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. We're moving bias. I was I was pretty 50-50 on this one. I ended up going with yes, um, just because I think there's going to be instances where the defense and more specifically TJ Waters is going to carry us to wins. I mean, that kind of happened on uh, less, not, not week seven because we had to buy the week six against the Seahawks on Sunday Night Football. And I mean, we just mentioned it with the Patriots. The wild card is up for grabs, uh, especially in the seven seeds, you know, with the you know, second year with expanded playoffs. And I mean, the, the reason why I, I had a little bit of apprehension of going with yes is just because the schedule does get pretty tough at the end. I mean, we close with the Titans. I know the Chiefs are not looking super like themselves lately, but they're still a talented team. You got Titans, Chiefs. Ravens and Browns, I think, to end the season. So that's a very hard last four games. And, and yeah, we got the Chargers in there, too. Um, got to play the Browns twice. I already mentioned that we got to play them. We play them this week, and then we play them at the uh, second to last game of the season. So schedule does get tough, but, I mean, I think we could be okay. And being right in that eight and nine range, which maybe could be enough. You never know. So I don't think we're out of it yet. Jack, I assume you kind of feel the same, but go ahead. Yeah, pretty much the same sentiment as you, Mitchell. Uh, I think these next three weeks are critical, and it starts particularly with this week. We're playing a Browns team that's still pretty hurt. Um, Baker Mayfield's status for this Sunday's in question. If he doesn't play, um, like this is a kind of a must-win must win game, and mm -hmm. then followed by games against the Bears and the Lions. So. I mean, theoretically, we win those three. We're six and three. And then we just got to go three and five for the last eight weeks. And those last eight weeks, as Mitchell said, our schedule does get pretty tough. Um, but to talk specifically about the team, I guess to argue in the case where there is some momentum on our side, our offensive line, which has been our biggest problem probably uh, along with Ben, but our offensive line has improved a little bit recent as of recent weeks. 
the Steelers, I believe, have rushed for over 260 yards the past two weeks. Um, so that's promising. We're also getting back Zach Banner this week, starting tackle. I don't know where he'll be, which side, left or right, will be playing. But regardless, um, he's kind of the leader of the offensive line group. So getting him back is after he's been out all of last season and the start of this. So that's that's huge. Um, yeah, I think. So as I said, if we go three and zero these next three weeks, and then three and five, that puts us at nine and eight, which is right in the mix. Um, I think that's doable because as Shreff started this out, like Steelers have a great roster. They do. Um, also, I was personally inspired by Mike Tomlin's quote. If you guys saw or that his press conference on uh, Monday or Tuesday, <laughs> um, I mean there was this all out of nowhere. Mitchell, do you know what I'm talking about or no? Yeah, it it, it, it was a uh, pretty viral. I mean, someone asked him about the rumors of taking the USC job, and he uh, wholeheartedly shut it down. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's an extra little motivation that maybe not a lot are going to consider. Um, so I kind of like that too. So yeah. I I don't know. I think nine and eight is still very much a possibility for the Steelers. If there's ever a shadow of doubt in the media or wherever, Mike Tomlin completely silenced it. Uh, with yeah. his- he's a stealer for life. I don't think there's any. He, he, yeah. He's going to live and die with those boys. I don't think that's a question. Yeah, he's not He's not going anywhere. No. Next team we're going to move on to is the Denver Broncos. I think I know Jack's answer, but let's, let's – uh Jeff, just keep going first what do you yeah uh to to put it to put it easily i'm gonna i'm gonna say no um and once again you guys have been going through schedules i'm gonna go through them real quick so this week you get washington winnable game whatever you get dallas next week after that and then later down the line they still have to play both the chiefs and the chargers twice this season um which is certainly a recipe for disaster for them I think we, we talked about this pretty early on. Um, they, they had one of the easier schedules opening up and they definitely took advantage of that, which obviously it's good to see because decent teams should be able to take advantage of easy games like that. But I just don't think they have enough down the line to beat teams like that, especially when, you know, you're going to have teams like the Chargers and the Chiefs who in my eyes right now will most likely be kind of fighting for that top spot later down the line here. So if the Broncos are going to be running into that buzzsaw, four different times during the last couple of weeks. I just don't see any plausible way that they'd be able to sneak their way into the playoffs. Yeah. I'm trying to think, did they play the, uh, did the Broncos and Raiders even play? They, them? they played them once. They I played one they time. Still, yeah. Yeah. They still play that. Yeah. Their last actually here. Yeah. Their last four weeks are Bengals, Raiders, Chargers, Broncos. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they start off with the giants, Jags and jets. So they go three and zero, and then they drop four straight. You know their quality of wins were not good, and I just I don't know. I'm right there with you. They're they're not a serious team in my opinion, and I just don't would not have high hopes whatsoever for their playoff aspirations. And I know Teddy Bridgewater has been zero and three against the spread the last three weeks, but he's still. That means he's due to bounce back. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I still trust him to cover games, not necessarily to win. Games. Maybe not win them. Yeah. Right. 
<laughs> uh, not too much that on my part. I think they're done too. Uh, I had them having four wins on the season, preseason. Um, <laughs> which I don't know. Should I place? Is there if it's bettable? Should, should I try to get something on them to have four wins? Only have one more win the rest of the season. I mean, they 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 still do have. I mean, <laughs> they do play the Eagles and they do play the Lions. All right, that's fair. Yeah, um, but they. Yeah, you guys mentioned it. They only had one divisional game so far, so they got to play the Raiders again, Chargers twice. Chiefs look bad, but still got to play the Chiefs twice. They still also have the Cowboys and Bengals on their schedule. Um, it's going to be tough for them. I don't see that's yeah. going to happen. Another note on their team, though, Javante Williams needs more touches. What if I have Melvin Gordon on several fantasy teams? I, I have Melvin Gordon on a fantasy team as well, and it's been nice to have him because he'll, he's always going to give you like that like eight, nine points a game. But Javante Williams is so good. Like there, there is at least like one play a game where he breaks off like that like 20, 30 yard play. They're like, where did that come from? Remember for the, against the Steelers, he did that. Yeah. They just, they just got to get like, I understand that Melvin's there and like it's always nice to have that like two, two back thing. But Javante should be the, the leading back. And I think Melvin should be like a change of pace kind of guy personally. Yeah, I mean, Melvin will most likely not be there at all likelihood. Bless you. Was that a sneeze? Oh, I thought you sneezed. My bad. Nope, nope. Melvin will most likely not be there next year. So, but yeah, I mean, maybe Javante will progress with even more touches as the season goes on. I hope so. And if they're out of playoff convention, I guess they might as well just kind of see what they have in their younger guys anyway. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that progresses there. Certainly something to keep an eye on. Next team we have is the Seattle Seahawks. Now two and five after a loss on Monday night to the Saints. Are they alive? Mm. Uh, oh, yeah, I guess I guess I'm starting everything here. Um, uh, a big I'm, I'm, I'm going to say no off the top. I think a big portion of that is going to be dependent on when Russell Wilson comes back, because I think it's it's glaringly obvious that this team is just like not good at all when Russell Wilson isn't playing and Pete Carroll even like referenced that in his press conference after that game, you basically, basically saying like that this team is like nothing without Russ. And it, it's, it's true. I mean, you, I mean, obviously Geno Smith isn't like the best backup you could have ever, but like they, they just look like a shell of themselves when he's not in there. And it just sucks too. Cause there's so much offensive talent going to waste without him in there with, with Lockett and DK in there. Um, and then just on top of that, I mean, I was talking earlier about how the Patriots might have a shot because of how bad the AFC East is the, with, with the Rams and the Cardinals fighting up there. I, I mean, it, it's obvious at this point that Seattle is probably not going to be in one of like those top two seeds. And I just don't, I don't see a path unless they like, unless Russ comes back within the next like week or two and like returns to its old self, I don't see a plausible way that they, that they get in. I, I agree. I think, do you guys think there's a chance he might not play the rest of the season? I know his injury timeline doesn't suggest that, but if they're sitting there at two and eight, two and nine, what's the incentive to play him at that point? I, I completely agree. So it, it, these, these next like two or three weeks are going to be, are going to be massive in terms of figuring out what they're, what they're going to be like. They are, they are so bad. I don't yeah. trust them to be like, they are favored by three and a half against the Jags at home. I don't know if they should be. <laughs> Are they even, do we even feel confident in that they're going to win that game? I don't, I, I mean, don't... currently, currently speaking, the Jags have a more dynamic offense than the Seahawks do. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, 100%. They've, the Jaguars offense has shown some life a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I really, I, if they played anyone in the NFL at this point without Russ, with Geno Smith, the defense looking really bad, I don't trust them to beat anyone in the NFL right now. Not even the Jets, not even the Texans. Well, and the Texans with Tyrod Taylor might come back this week. With mm-hmm. Tyrod Taylor, the Texans are, I'm not going to, they're not the worst team in football. Thank no. You. So I, uh, yeah, the Seahawks are done. And Tyler Lockett is literally unplayable in fantasy. Yes. Yeah, it's bad. You can't put him in your lineup. It just, there's no boom. He's a boomer bust guy. There's no boom when Russ is no, no. All, all bust. So I traded for him in a right. fantasy league the week before Russ got hurt. And it's, it's, it's certainly come back to bite me a little bit. That's just very unlucky. Yeah, tough, tough timing. Well, I'm going to be a little contrarian. I'm going to, I said they're not done. Um, first off, I mean, I don't know specifics on Russ's injury. I don't think anyone really does. The, the timeline sent, well, he's placed on IR, making, he's eligible to come back next week. He's going to miss this game against the Jags, which hopefully they can play out a win, maybe not. But um, if they win this week, and Russ comes back at three and five, I'd still, I'd say they're definitely still in the mix. Um, they only got four more tough games. Uh, they got the Packers, the Cardinals twice and the Rams with Russ. I believe the others would be winnable. I mean, as you guys said though, without him, this team is awful. I said it preseason. Um, I think I had them at 10 and seven and I, uh, like I, my explanation, like I didn't really have an explanation other than Russell Wilson. Like he really carries this team and Shreff also referenced it. I think the quote from Pete Carroll was, uh, um, we miss Russ's late game magic or something like that. It was something along those lines. Yeah. So, right. As Shreff prefaced this in the beginning, it's all contingent on Russ's injury. I looked at it a little more optimistically, think he'll be back sooner. And, um, yeah, I think, Nine and eight's attainable. I, as for all these teams, I said that our playoff is, is still in hopes, like they can get it. I just say nine and eight, they can get there, and just assume nine and eight gets you in. Yeah, <laughs> just you're, you're just predicting it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, they do have a buy in week nine, so maybe that buys him an extra week, and he can potentially return in week ten. So yeah, if they win, if, this game is very important. I know it's just the Jags, but you cannot take them lightly, and. Especially if Gino's your quarterback, you can't take anyone lately. So, yeah. right, they they need to get a victory here going into the bye week at three and five. I think it's a must. Last team we're going to talk about is if their playoff hopes are still alive is the San Francisco 49ers. They are two and four after a Sunday night football loss to the Colts. Streff already has his thumb down. Yeah, I'm just going to give him one of those. They. They aren't. They aren't good. Um, and th- there's two main points that I'm gonna make here, and then I'll I'll, I'll pass it off to you guys. I'm not even gonna talk about like whatever schedule they have coming on the line. Jimmy G is not good. He's just not. I like I earlier when we talked about the Steelers, I was saying how how Big Ben hasn't looked good, but like Big Ben will still give you like those one or two plays a game where like you're like oh maybe he still got something there. Jimmy G doesn't make any of those plays ever in, in, in his life. It just doesn't happen. And then. I would argue so far this year in terms of head coaches, Kyle Shanahan might be one of the most overrated coaches right now in football. I like, 
I understand like that there's a commitment to the run game and like the run game is how you win football games. But when you're just the worst, when you're just the worst team and you're relying on a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo to throw passes to get you back into a game, it's just just not going to work. It's just simply not going to work. So I'm hoping once Trey Lance is healthy, that they maybe get smart, realize that they aren't going to make the playoffs this year and maybe give Lance some run with an offense just to kind of see what you can do with him. That'll be intriguing, but I, there's I don't, with as long as Jimmy G's at the helm, I don't see any possibility. It's like the words right out of my mouth. I the first thing I had written down is Shanahan is overrated. There we go. A couple of weeks ago, but Cliff Kingsbury has a higher winning percentage than him, and the difference in perception between those two guys is is very wide. I mean, people mm-hmm. put Shanahan on a pedestal and they say Cliff Kingsbury is you know the reason prior to this year that the Cardinals were being held back. So definitely overrated in my opinion and to quote Shreff also from a couple weeks ago if you have two quarterbacks you have none ah. so they need to figure that out stick with one guy it seems like they're kind of teetering back and forth I know there's some injuries at play here but I think one fully healthy you have to go with Lance I know he's very young and I know he's still finding his way he's a very raw prospect but I think it's better to take your lumps now um, in a season that we're, we don't anticipate them making the playoffs anyway and hope hope for 2022 and he just gets some much-needed development on that front. Yeah. Are you in agreement, Jack? I am. Uh, I think they're done. They got to play the Rams twice. Cardinals next week coming off a long week because they play on Thursday. Um, they still got the Bengals, who I guess we got to take seriously now. Um, and then the end, late in the season, they got a Seahawks team where I just uh, – spoke the praises of a Russell Wilson, the desperate Seahawks team at that point. So they got to play them. I mean, they might go seven and 10, eight and nine, which is fine. I mean, they dealt with a lot of injuries. Um, I feel like their, their backfield kind of like the Ravens is like a revolving door. Um, and George Kittle, their offensive center out him, their passing game, he's been out. So, I mean, yeah, injuries, you can chalk it up to that get Trey Lance some reps, have them ready for next year, and they can bounce back next year, but I think they're done. If the over-under in that in that Seahawks-Niners game was like 27 and a half, I'd probably still take the under on it. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, kind of like last week. I know that some partially, partially had to do with the weather on Monday night, but I think that over-under was around 40, which is one of the lower, lower ones you'll see. I think this weekend for the Bears-49ers uh, game, it's like 39 and a half. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's uh, pretty low and some dark days. And if, yeah, if Jack, if you think the Seahawks are still alive with their playoff hopes, you pretty much by default have to be out on the Niners because just yeah. there's no way four teams are going to make it with, when they're two and four and two and five right now. So, right. All right. So, our final segment before we move on to lock of the week, we have when will the Cardinals lose and when will the Lions win? So, won't be a super long segment, but I'm just interested to hear when you guys think, you know, the, the Cardinals undefeated season may come to an end or when the Lions winless season might come to an end. Maybe you think they won't end and they'll just lose out or win out. But what do you, what do you guys think? I'm going to have a bold take here. I know what you're going to say. 17 yeah, Cardinals. What'd you no. say? They're, they're losing, thir- they're, they're losing tomorrow, aren't they? Both come to an end this week. There you go. <laughs> Lions win, Cardinals lose. 
I agree with one of those two. I think I I think we agree with the same one, Mitchell. <laughs> Lions. Oh, see, I, I I think the Lions. Yeah, I think the Lions win this week. I do. Um, so you don't think the Cardinals are? You guys both think the think the Lions are winning, like beating the Eagles. I think Lions win this week. Mitchell, what do you think? I think the we'll, we'll just start with Detroit um, first. Okay. So we we all think they're winning this week. Yeah. Three of us. Uh, I'm going to take it a step further. I think the Lions are going to win three other next five games. Whoa. Who do they play? So they play Philadelphia at home this week. We all think that's a win. Then they have a bye. Then they play Steelers on the road. I think that's a loss. Then they play Cleveland on the road. I think that's a loss. But then they got Bears at home on Thanksgiving. I think oh. that's a win. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a win. <laughs> that, that's ugly. Is that the 12 o'clock game? That sucks. Of course 12, it is. 1230 <laughs> on Thanksgiving, we got the Bears and the Lions. I'm going to so, love oh, it. Boy. <laughs> uh, I think that's a win. I think Dan Campbell has the guys ready to play. His first. I love Dan Campbell. His first Thanksgiving game as a head coach. I think it'll be a special moment. And then they got... This is the one where you you will have some debate, but I think they they beat the Vikings at home. I think they do it. So heck yeah, the Lions are a competitive team. They're in every they're in every game for the most part. I know. I think the spread last week was like fourteen or fifteen, and they were right there yeah. with the, the mm-hmm. until the end. Lost by like nine or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they they were they were down six and they had the ball. Yeah, they it was close to it to the end. Golf through an interception. So up in the first quarter, yeah, they were they were rolling. They're competitive every week. I know they're 0 7, but they're four and three against the spread. That's a good measure of, you know, being competitive and staying in games. So I think wins are coming. I know it's looked pretty rough so far, but I think they can end the year four and thirteen, something like that. So it's fair. And I yeah, three other next five. That's my prediction. All right, we'll, we'll go to the Cardinals now. I mean, unless you guys have anything else to say about the Lions, but no, I like it. I'll start us off. I think uh, Packers are winning tomorrow, week eight. Um, Aaron Rodgers, since Devontae Adams' career began, he's six and zero. Aaron Rodgers is without Devontae Adams, who won't be playing tomorrow. Um, JJ Watt is out. DeAndre Hopkins is questionable. I just think that the uh, I don't know the Packers can can take advantage of this one. I know the Cardinals are home, but I just really like the Packers this week. Car- the Packers defense is beat up. It's still weak in my opinion. I think Kyler is going to carve them up, and I think the Cardinals do win this game. I have them they're having their first loss week fourteen against the Rams. Agreed. Same with you. Okay. Yep. Well, because it, it is tough. To, I, I understand, Jack. I, I definitely am not against your viewpoint, Jack, of thinking the Packers can win that game because I, I do like the Packers. Um, I'm definitely still take, taking the Cardinals, but I could see it. But then after that, they go Niners, Panthers, Seahawks, Bears up until the Rams. So like, if they if they get past this Packers game, I don't see it. I don't see a loss on that schedule until they get to that Rams game. Realistically, that's fair. Yeah, unless I guess you can say unless. Russ comes maybe back. Russ comes back for that Seattle game that, that that's like the only that's yeah. like the only asterisk on that really it's in Seattle that game so yeah but honestly even if he does come back I still think the Cardinals. they're still I mean that their their offense is just better than everyone's offense like it, it 
they're going to be a tough, it actually, you know, you know what, Jack, you'll like this. It, it reminds me a lot of the pit football team right now. Like no, yeah. no matter what game they go into their offense is just, is just too much sometimes. True. That is true. Tyler MVP, Kenny Heisman. I it's, it, it's, it's one and the same. It's the same thing. Right. I love it. Yeah. So Cardinals are looking really good right now. And I know I'm, I'm not, Jack's prediction is totally not off base. I think that, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it would not surprise me if the Packers uh, pulled this one out. No Allen Lazard either, so they're really down past catchers in this game. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of our thoughts on the, the winless and undefeated teams remaining, which is only one of each. Um, I guess we can move on to lock of the week. Are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. I got a few, I got three more around in my head. I don't know. <laughs> okay. You can go last this time, Jack. I, this week's sometimes when I give my selections, it's more of a gut feeling. Wait, Mitch, I have a question. Do you, do you have an updated record by chance? Yeah. I was, I was going to read that off. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. I just want to make sure. Right. Uh, sometimes when I make my predictions for lock of the week here, it's more of a gut feeling this week, I have a lot of data points to support Ooh. my, my selection. So I'll be reading off in a second, but let me recap how we did last week, especially because I forgot to post on Instagram what our selection was. So the listeners don't know what they were. Uh, and we didn't talk about it on an episode because we had Jeopardy last week. So I will say what our selections were and what our, as our record currently stands um, going into week eight here. I picked the Broncos to cover plus one. I was still riding the Teddy train, even though he was two weeks, uh, you know, oh, and two the previous two weeks before that. They did not capitalize on a banged up uh, Cleveland team on Thursday night. They were one point underdogs and they lost by three. So I did not get that one. However, I picked uh, Titans plus five and a half against the Chiefs and they smacked the Chiefs. So yeah. that one, that one yeah. hit. Uh, so I went one and one, bringing my record to five and five on the season. Jack picked the Ravens minus six and a half and that did not look good at all. They got mm-hmm. destroyed by the Bengals. But he picked Raiders minus three, and that that definitely uh, hit. And you know, thanks to the Eagles' poor play, so the Raiders covered the three uh, ha- three points there. Brian Jack was one and one, so he went to five, four and one. Sheriff picked the Panthers minus three, and they lost. And but he also picked the Bengals plus six and a half, and they covered that by a lot. So we all went one and one. So no gain, no ground gained or lost this week. Jack and Shreff are still tied for first at five, four, and one, and I'm at five and five, just a half game behind them. So I'm right there with, uh, with them. And that's kind of how we did. So I hope that gave Jack enough time to select what he's doing this week. Uh, and I, I'll, I'll start us off. I don't think I yeah, thought. Yeah, kick it off. Hold on, let me make a new tab here for our week eight selections. So my first pick here is one I'm very, very confident in. As I said, I have some some statistics or trends here to, to support my argument. But I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys minus two and a half. I have a lot of reasons why. Shreff's making a face. I think he is doing that one too. Possible. Dallas this year, 6-0 and against the spread. Mm-hmm. The only team to cover every single game that they played this year. Very impressive. Someone once said, the good teams win, the great teams cover. 
and Dallas is looking like a great team right now. So right in line there. Since 2003, Dallas is 13 and seven against the spread coming off a bye, and that's fifth best in the league. So they had their bye last week. That's just another trend I found out there. So, and Kirk Cousins' record in primetime games against the spread with Minnesota is 4-12-1. Very bad. Great. So I think Dallas definitely covers this two and a half. I'm, I'm locking it in and throwing away the key because I don't need it. It's a lock. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I'll just I'll just tell you on this one. Normally, in this situation, if if I heard you make the pick that I was going to make, I would maybe try to backtrack and switch. But I'm I'm way too confident in Dallas right now to change my pick. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if I've used them in terms of lock of the week for myself, but I'm pretty sure I've bet on them almost every week, close to it. it definitely the last like four weeks or something like that. Um, I. I don't see a way that they lose this game. And I mean, two and a half feels like a very generous spread for Dallas. I, I think they win this game by at least 10, probably. Wow. 10 points. That would be something. They're just a better team. Yeah. You must be really confident. Cause I mean, I think you probably would have pivoted if you were just like, I thought about it. About they it. were, they, they were like my number one <laughs> pick this week. So I, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to waver. All right, Jack, go ahead. Uh, my first one, I'm going to go with the Titans. <laughs> Titans are one and a half point underdogs against the Colts this week. I am confused why, um, these two teams played already. No, no. Okay. They didn't, but regardless the Colts, what they might've, I don't know. I, I thought they did. I thought the Titans won, but I could be wrong. I don't remember. Actually, I'm going to have to look at that. I'm not sure if they have that. played yet. Uh, but regardless, the the Titans absolutely destroyed the Chiefs last week coming off it. Of, so they got a lot of momentum coming off that win. Colts struggled against, uh, what was it, the Niners, which we talked about how not good the Niners look. I'm taking the Titans at, at underdogs. I mean, I'm going to bet on the money line because I think they'll win. I mean, whatever, it's just a point, but um yeah titans plus 1.5 that's mine that's my first one so they did play and the titans won by nine that's what i thought okay yeah i don't know i don't i don't know what has happened since then like why i mean i i guess the colts do have home field advantage at this one but they do but i mean the the titans Titans have gotten like the titans have gotten better and better each week it feels like yeah, I don't know what the Titans have proven to make them underdogs and what exactly the Colts have done to prove them as favorites in this matchup. All right. I think Shref is going with that one too because by the facial expression. I'm going to pivot on this one. Uh, pivot it. We're, we're, we're too close in records for me to be taking two of the same games as two other people. Okay. Fair we need some disparity here. So my second selection here. Giants plus nine and a half. Going with another dog here. The reason why over the last 19 regular season games, so the year and a half, the Chiefs are 10 and 16 against the spread, which is third worst in the league. And they had a great record last last year, but it's just they were barely winning games. So they just are not covering. 
Um, they've been really bad at it over the past year and a half. And this is another one, uh, another statistic or trend that I found since 2019. So that's pretty much the time since Daniel Jones has been the quarterback of the Giants. I think he started week three of 2019. So pretty much his entire tenure as a starter. The Giants are 12 and four against the spread as an, as an away underdog. And that's the most covers of any team over that span in the fifth best percentage. So in a way underdog, very good cover rate for Daniel Jones and the Giants over the past two and a half seasons. Mahomes um, is banged up. He got, you know, knocked out. He's in concussion protocol at the end of last week. He'll probably play. Um, I haven't heard anything otherwise thus far on uh, Wednesday night as we're recording this, but uh, I mean, I think the Giants keep it really close. I think this is a, is a very close uh, game on Monday Night Football. So I've got Giants plus nine and a half. I think that's a big number, and I don't know if the Chiefs can cover it right now. I, I was very – when this line came out, I was very – wasn't it ten and a half? Or it was ten – I don't know. It was a lot – wait, we're all frozen here. I can hear you. Mm-hmm. We may Uh-oh. have lost Jack. No, here. I'm here now. Did you guys oh, hear – did you hear me the whole time? Yeah. Yeah, you're good. Oh, yeah. All right, Shrek. Shrek, Uh-oh. go ahead and say your pick, and then we'll come back. Yeah, we'll do that. Here. That's fair. Um, So I was thinking with how close these records are. I don't want to pick two of the same game. So I'm going to go with the Bucks minus five and a half against the Saints as my, as my second lock of the week. But the Bucks offense just every time they got the ball, it was just touchdown, 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 pretty much. Um, and I remember last year too, I feel like it was around this point where the Bucks kind of started to like turn it on a little bit and people were like, oh, these guys might actually be legit a little bit, which they used to be when Breeze was there. I love Jameis. Jameis is one of like my favorite quarterbacks ever, I think. And it's not like at all for football reasons whatsoever. I just love Jameis. Um, but uh, five and a half, I I see the Bucks winning by a touchdown. Cast cursed. Are you aware of that? I I am aware of it. I if there's for a guy to you know to offset that though, it's gonna be him. You know. Yeah. Uh, if anyone's not aware, you know, there's the, the alternate broadcaster running out football with Eli and Peyton Manning, and they always have guests on to kind of come in during the broadcast. And each week, whoever's gone on, that team has lost the following week. Travis Kelsey went on week one. They lost week two. Russell Wilson was also a guest week one. They, the Seahawks lost week two. Gronk was a guest week two, and they lost week three. Matthew Stafford was a guest week three, and they lost week four. Tom Brady was a guest this past week. And that's what I was referring to in the Manning cast. I'm not worried. We, we actually, Jack, you and I had this conversation uh, like last weekend about the Madden curse and how, how it's plagued so many people, but there's, but one of the few guys who, who has outlasted said curse is, is Mr. Brady himself. So the whole curse thing to, does not, it does not impact my decision whatsoever. Yeah. I guess he's immune to it. He is. I think he is. No Antonio Brown in this one either. He is doubtful. Yeah, it's fine. All right, Jack, are you back? Yeah, it got a little choppy there. Um, I think we're good now. Cool. Um, so my last my last pick, 
I really want to take the Packers. I'm not going to. I'm going to talk about the other team we just talked about. I'm taking the Lions. Taking the Lions plus three and a half. We all think they're going to win. I'll take them with the field goal um, as, as three and a half point underdogs. They are home against the Eagles, who we talked extensively how not good they look. Lions, yeah. Mitchell said, too, they, they play close. They got a winning record against the spread this year. Um, they, uh, in recent memory, they lost by less than a field goal to the Ravens. And then a, the same thing, less than a field goal, the Vikings, both at home. I don't see the Eagles being them at all, let alone by four points. So let's take the Lions here. I that was my third choice for the record. So I, I like okay. that one as well. Um, for all the reasons you just said. You know, people look at the 07 record and they, they get scared away by that, but you gotta realize that like I like you said and I said earlier, they do play close games. So uh yeah, I like that one a lot. All right, folks, just to recap, I picked Lions my, excuse me, I picked Cowboys minus two and a half, Giants plus nine and a half, Jacqueline with Titans plus one and a half, and Lions plus three and a half, Treff with the Cowboys minus two and a half, and Bucks minus five and a half. Have we ever have has either of us the whole season picked both dogs for both of our lock of the weeks? Because Jack might have might be making lock of the week history here. I don't, I don't think we have. And I was Probably also not. like the other one I was considering, I just said with the Packers, it's the third underdog. Yeah, you were so all, big underdog you, you weekend for me. Week. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm scrolling back on my notes here because I wrote down every one that we do. And uh we've always it's either it's been two favorites or a favorite and underdog, but no one's done two dogs. So there you go. We'll see if it pays nice. off. So, all right. Sounds good, folks. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Good luck to your teams. Good luck to your fantasy teams. You know, we're into the second half of the fantasy regular season. So definitely time to make some second half trade to make that playoff push here. If you're, you know, on the outs- outside looking in at this point. So good luck to you there. Um, follow us on Instagram at Hogline Podcast. Follow us on TikTok at Hogline Podcast. Thank you to Mr. Tease for sponsoring today's episode. And be sure to share this episode with your friends, family, and dental hygienists. Thank you guys for another great episode. And anything else to say before we uh, end the show here? Go Good. pit. Go pet, yeah. All right. Yep, exactly. Go pit. Great win last week. And uh, things are looking bright for the Panthers. All right, folks. See you next week. See ya. Peace.